Hello, friends and podcast family. Thank you so much for being with me again this week. It's a real pleasure to have you here. I'm excited about episode 107 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges we face in life. Hey, would you do me a favor? Head over to landspain.com, grab a copy of today's handwritten show notes there available in the Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives podcast link. Episode 107 is what you want to look for. Scroll to the bottom of the page and there you will find a PDF document where you can listen to today's leadership podcast. You can also email me through the website. That's going to be important for something we talk about later because today's topic is three ideas for effective leadership. Three ideas for effective leadership. And I would encourage you to get the copy of the notes today because we're going to dig in a little, going to share uh, several sub points to these ideas, traits that I call them. And I don't want you to get lost in the details. And so if you can grab a copy of the handwritten show notes, I think that will really help you as we work through these three ideas. They're going to sound simple, but I promise you, if you apply them, you're going to experience the challenge and the difficulty. So let's talk about the three ideas for effective leadership. All right, here's idea number one. Effective leaders experience the effectiveness of being led. Effective leaders experience the effectiveness of being led. I wonder if you and I are the same in this way. I'm a little leery of leaders who don't have a leader. (laughs) I'm a little leery of leaders who say they're self-made leaders. Mm -mm. I don't believe in self-made leaders. I don't believe in self-made millionaires. While, yes, a person takes a tremendous amount of risk and has to work hard and leverage relationships and and take the risk. No one fulfills their potential. No one leverages the totality of their opportunity by themselves. I love it when leaders experience the effectiveness of being led. And there are six traits that I think really support and help us get a picture of what it means to experience the effectiveness of being led. Trait number one is consistency. I'm so, I really am grateful that you listen to this podcast and many of you live outside of my circle of influence. You, we, we can't sit down and have a coffee, can we? We can't sit down for breakfast and have a meal together. But I'm grateful that you listen and I'm grateful for however much influence and value I can add to your life. And I would love for you to keep listening. I would love for us to become friends, if nothing else, by this podcast. And you can certainly contact me through the website. But more than that, friends, each of us need a leader that we can hear their voice on a phone call. We can see their voice, their face person to person over a meal, over a coffee. Or maybe we can see their face on FaceTime or Zoom or some sort of video application. It's important that you experience the physical nature of being led by another. Being in the company of another is so powerful. And the experience and of the effectiveness of being led really has as its core goal the development of character in our personhood. That when you're being led by others and you give them access to your lives and 
you open up your influence, your character can grow, your character can mature, your character can develop because you're experiencing, I'm experiencing the effectiveness of being led. And the core value here is counsel. It's counsel. We get wise counsel from other people. An old biblical proverb says that wisdom is found in the, multi- in the multitude of counselors. Wisdom is found in the multitude of counselors. So consistency is so important that you meet regularly with someone that can be your leader. I remember years ago, I was serving a leader and I was grateful for the opportunity and we had a once a month meeting a regularly scheduled once a month meeting. And one of those particular uh, meetings, I had gone to that. And so I said, hey, what do you want to talk about? And he so simply said, but it was also so powerful and so liberating and challenging. He said, hey, this meeting is not for me. This meeting is for you. What do you want to talk about? That really changed my attitude to come to the meeting as a student, to come to the meeting as a learner. And that brings up the second trait of experiencing the effectiveness of being led, and that's trust. You've got to have trust in these relationships. You've got to be able to trust those so you can open your heart, you can open your life, you can open your mind, let them carry influence in your life, and trust them. The third trait, after consistency and trust, is credibility. Credibility. Does this person that you're choosing to lead you know, to be led by this person that you're letting have influence in your in your life so that you can experience the effectiveness of being led. You're the follower now, not the leader. Do they have credibility? Do they have some leadership war stories that they can tell you about? Moments when they totally blew it. Moments when they don't take themselves too serious. Moments where they learn some significant leadership and life lessons. Do they have scars or do they have open wounds? Because if they have scars, it says not only were you wounded, but you knew how to heal. That's really important. So credibility is critical. The fourth trait is surrender. Come to the relationship with a yielded heart. Open yourself up. Admit that you don't want to build a wall. You want to build a bridge. And so coming yielded, coming with an attitude of surrender helps you actually receive that core value of counsel. You're open to what they have to say. The fifth trait, or the fourth trait, the fifth trait is humility. It's humility. So consistency, trust, credibility, surrender, now humility. Humility basically says I'm teachable. There are things I don't know that I want to know. And I don't know that I don't know. And I have blind spots, and I'm not for sure what they are. And the effectiveness of the experience of being led reveals these blind spots. And it helps you grow in your humility. I think humility is one of a leader's most important qualities and traits because humility attracts people who want to invest in your life. I don't like investing in people that aren't teachable. There's no return. There's no investment. They don't value my voice. They don't value my experience. They don't value my perspective or my input. I don't know why we would waste our time in that kind of relationship. And so you and I being humble will more... Uh, effectively, more efficiently allow us to experience the effectiveness of actually being led. Here's the uh, fifth trait or the sixth trait is learning. 
learning. Now, that's a lot like humility. Learning is actually what I mean by that is you put into practice what you're learning. You're going to put in new skills and new ways of thinking and new ways of being and new ways of doing. And you're going to actually try these things and you're you're going to look at these things and you're going to you're going to grow together as a leader. So you want to grow in your character as a person in your personhood and you want to embrace the core value of counsel. And the first idea of being an effective leader is to experience the effectiveness of being led. Okay, here is idea number two. Idea number two is effective leaders practice leadership. Effective leaders practice leadership. You might be thinking, duh, of course they do, Lance. I don't think it's as obvious as that because I know leaders who don't take leadership responsibility. They offload things. They delegate things. They, I've seen that. I'm sure you've seen that. You know, They have a leadership title, but they're not going first. They're not putting their neck on the line. They're not making the hard decisions. They're not trying to communicate clearly. They're not taking responsibility for their culture. They're not role modeling the values that they seek to inspire in others. It's not enough to have a leadership title. As we talked about in last week's podcast, The Untitled Leader, in episode 106, this is about I have a title or I don't have a title, but I'm going to practice leadership. And I believe there are the core goal here is competency in your leadership. Where being a follower and letting someone lead you is about character, practicing leadership is about competency. It's about actually growing in your leadership skills. And the core value here is challenge. (laughs) You're going to be challenged, you know, both with what skills do I need, but also how do I grow those skills? How do I prune those skills? How do I maintain fruitfulness in those skills? I mean, I love being around effective leaders. They're so inspiring. Leaders that are selfless and compassionate, they're courageous, they're risk takers, they're good listeners, they're empowering, they, um, they respect dignity, they embrace confidentiality, they're humble, they're honest, they're teachable, they're quick to admit their mistakes, they're quick to give public praise to those that they lead and who are doing the work. I love leaders and I love inspirational leaders. I really do. And I, I'm, I'm quickly maybe like you willing to open up my heart and say, I'm willing to let you say something to me. I'm willing to be influenced by, by your life because I want to practice leadership. I love what John Maxwell said years ago, and it really helped me. Because I, as a leader, I've wrestled with the monster of comparison. And he said, most great leaders are taught, not born. Most great leaders are taught, not born. He said something to that effect. And that really liberated me because I would look around in my life and I would see people that are doing great things in leadership. They're really making things happen, adding value to people, helping people's lives be better. And if I would have only been born a leader, I could do what they're doing. But in reality, most of the great leaders that you and I know, they've been taught leadership. They weren't born a natural leader. I mean, you've maybe caught sports or some you know, high profile individual and will say, oh man, they're a natural born leader or she's a natural born leader. I just don't think there are that many. A lot of us who are leading have to be taught leadership and we have to be caught leadership. And that's, that's how you practice leadership, friends. You, you let, you learn it, you let it be taught to you. And that's the, that's the idea behind value. No idea. Number one, you're experiencing the effectiveness of being led. You're catching it from others. You're being taught through role modeling and conversations and intentionality. 
by others. Leadership is more taught and caught than it is you being born a natural leader. So there's these next little traits. It's kind of a, a process that I think would help you a lot in how you can practice leadership. And I want to run through these quickly. Number one is to identify growth. So you're being led by another. You recognize, you know, leadership is caught and taught, and you identify an area where you want to grow. Let's just take delegation as an example. You want to be a better delegator because you feel overwhelmed by all the work you've got to do, and you're doing it all yourself, and you don't trust that you can give it to anyone else, or you don't know how to give it to anyone else, or you don't know who to give it to. And so you recognize, step number one, I've identified my growth area, delegation. Step number two, you actually begin to practice delegating. <laughs> now, this is where learning comes in because you may not know how to practice delegating. What does that even mean? Is that just telling people what to do? No, it's more than that. And in this scenario, you could do an internet search, how to effectively delegate. There's a great little book out there called If You Want It Done Right, You Don't Have to Do It Yourself, The Six Basic Steps of Delegation. Fantastic little book. And so through web searches and articles and books you read, you actually find out what are the skills of delegation and you start practicing those skills. So step number one, I've identified my growth area. Step number two, I'm practicing the skills. Step number three, after some time, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe longer, you evaluate how you are doing in those skills. So I've identified my growth, I'm practicing the skills, and then I evaluate how am I doing in the skills. And that evaluation is self-reflection. It's an honest assessment at how things are going. Do you still feel overwhelmed? Do you still feel burdened? Do you still feel a lack of mistrust? Have you still not identified who you can delegate to? Whatever the case may be, you begin to evaluate. And part of your evaluation is feedback. You actually talk to the people you're leading to see if they can give you some appropriate feedback on how well you are doing. Now, most of us, we never nail this as a 10 on the first time we adopt a new skill. It's a new skill. We didn't know. We have identified growth. We've adopted, practiced a new skill. We're now evaluating that skill. And then the fourth step is you adjust. You adjust based upon the feedback, based upon the reflection, based upon the lack of something you recognize, I need to make an adjustment here, need to make an adjustment there. And you let it go forward and you start practicing again. You make an adjustment and you practice the skill again. And this is the cycle. Identify growth, practice skills, evaluate, adjust, practice again. And this is how you practice leadership. This is how you grow in competency in leadership. And leadership is a elephant, man. It is a large topic with lots of nuances and facets to it. And I just don't want you to be overwhelmed by that. Just take one bite at a time. Recognize one or two areas where you can grow. And spend some time thinking about that. If you're a follower of Jesus, definitely take some time to pray about that. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this podcast, I would encourage you, first of all, to become a Christian. But, but outside of that, you know, talk with a friend. Talk with a, a, a peer. Talk with someone above you. Talk to the one that's leading you and identify those areas. So idea number one, experience the effectiveness of being led. It's about character and it's about counsel. Idea number two, effective leaders practice leadership. It's about competency, and it's about challenge. So here's idea number three. Effective leaders interact with other leaders. Now, you may be saying, that sounds a lot like the first idea, Lance, of experience the effectiveness of being led. That's so relational uh, and intentional. 
Yeah, but I want you to think about idea number one as mentorship. I want you to think about idea number three as friendship. These are more your peers. Maybe you're a leader in the sales team, but you've got a friend that's over here, a leader in the accounting team. While one doesn't have direct leadership over the other necessarily, what's keeping you from having lunch together once every couple of weeks or coffee every couple of weeks and sharing together as friends and interacting as as friends? Effective leaders, they interact with other leaders. It's about sharing heart, and we call that friendship. Sharing heart, opening up your heart, opening up your mind, letting yourself experience others. The core value here, celebration, and the core goal here is I want to be caring in all of my relationships. I want other people to feel my love. I want them to feel my friendship. I want them to experience that I really care about them and I care about their life. I care about their success. What matters to them matters to me. And so when I interact with my peers, i.e. I interact with other leaders, I'm building friendship by sharing heart or celebrating each other. We are caring for each other. We are carrying involvement in each other's lives, and we're seeing each other's journey. And together, we're going to attain destiny. Friendship is about sharing heart, but friendship is also about sharing ideas. Effective leaders who interact with other leaders, they share heart and they share ideas. I contribute ideas to you, and I receive ideas from you. I contribute encouragement to you. I receive encouragement from you. Even today, I talked with another pastor friend in my city for about 45 minutes on the phone. We shared heart. We shared concerns. We encouraged each other. We affirmed each other. We expressed our commitment and our love towards each other so that we can be healthy, godly men for ourselves, for our marriages, for our families, for our churches, for our city. I love interacting with other leaders that are peers because I learned so much from them, their history and their experience. And so we share heart and we share ideas. Now, you may be wondering, I'm not for sure how to do that. Let me just give you a couple of questions you could ask. What five words describe your life right now? What is your favorite movie and why? If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? What is your area of growth right now? These are great questions that move us past the headlines of sports and politics and entertainment. These kind of questions get to the place where we can share heart and we can share ideas. So friends, three ideas for effective leadership. Effective leaders experience the effectiveness of being led. Effective leaders actually practice leadership. Effective leaders interact with other leaders as friends. The core values here, counsel, challenge, and celebration. Our core goals, to grow in character in our personhood, to grow in competency in our leadership, and to grow in caring for those with whom we call friends and have relationship. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Can't wait to talk to you next week on episode 108 of Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives.